Hello and welcome to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. We've got all three of us today. Before we dive into who our guest is in person, Joe's going to remind us of our show's amazing and incredible purpose. Yeah, the show's purpose is to align Rotarians and non-Rotarians to service opportunities. And we do that by having amazing guests on the show, telling great stories, exposing people to what kind of things that are out there for them to get involved in. And then obviously being a vehicle for Rotary to drive membership and fellowship. So let's ride. Love it. Nice job. Welcome, Brian Singer. Thank you. So Brian is the executive director of Project Zawadi. Very, very curious about the project itself. Before we dive into that, though, mm-hmm. I always like to get to know our guest. And as a reminder to our listeners, we have somebody in person. It's always <laughs> so nice to have somebody in person. We have amazing technology. We've got the StreamYard link, but nothing is better than having people round table to have discussion and they get to see what goes into making a cool podcast very Very happy to be here thank you yeah Yeah. so my first question is are you from around the twin cities area so i'm originally from northwest iowa all right lamar's which is now uh, now supposed to be known as the ice cream capital of the world so i was born and raised fascinating yeah yeah okay Went to college That's in Iowa. That's a bold as claim, well. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. They say it, so it must be true. Right? Yeah. I'm like, hmm, okay, okay, all right. They do make a lot of ice cream there. Fair enough. So there Fair you go. enough. Yeah. So cool. then I went to college in Iowa as well, and then I went to Tanzania. I served in the Peace Corps. Wow. Iowa State yeah. University of Iowa. No, I went Nor- to uh, Buena Vista. University. It's now a university, but it was college. And some people will correct me and say Buena Vista, but actually, everyone there call, calls it Buena Vista. I'm <laughs> so. going to say that that's probably how you say it. That, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Wonderful. Right, right out of college, you went right to Tanzania? <clears throat> yeah. So I joined the Peace Corps. I signed up for it. And I, I asked them, I said, you know, I'd really love to go to uh, Africa. Specifically, I'd like to go to West Africa okay. and learn French and teach business. And they came back and they said, how about Tanzania? You can learn Swahili, uh, teach math, and um, and go to East Africa. And I said, you know what? It's the same continent. Let's do it. So so I went. However, it's a huge, <laughs> huge continent with yeah. varying, varying differences. Yeah. Well, I think things happen for a reason. Sure. And mm-hmm. so I fell in love with Tanzania. I was there teaching high school math and uh, really fell in love with the country and the people and everything. And um, came back to the United States having, you know, I was ready. I spoke English or spoke Swahili, I should say, as well as English and went back to grad school in Washington, D.C. for a couple of years. And then um, I just was still continually pulled back to Tanzania and finally went back there and I I managed to basically put a couple of kids into school. They were having trouble getting into school because they had lost their parents. And so I managed to cobble together some funds that some friends gave to me and put them into school. Hmm. After a short time, um, and I was raising a little bit of money and people were donating generously, um, somebody came to me and they wanted to make a donation, but they they wanted it to be tax deductible. And I said, well, don't give it to me yet, so I better start an organization. So I started the organization and – we had to have a board of directors, and we just started to grow from there. So we started with a very small budget of about $4,000 that first year, and this year we're probably going to have a $700,000 budget. Wow. So you know, it's cool. good growth. It's not astronomical, but it's really good growth, and what we've been yeah. doing is just growing and getting better and better and doing more and more every year. Well, and then having those strategic partnerships that we'll get into later in yes. the show yeah. has got to help that growth as well. Because, like you know, we've talked about in the show, like you know, we we highlight a lot of the local grant stuff, but you know, Rotary's really getting into the projects <clears throat> of scale, and I'm sure that you've been yep. exposed to that on some level, especially with some of the water things that you're doing. Um, so just being alongside of that has got to have positive impacts for you. Yeah. Well, you know. I always say this, and a lot of people say it, that it takes a village to raise a child, and it really does. I mean there's no one person on this planet who can make a big difference. But together, when we're all walking in the same direction, we're all doing the same things. We're all trying to do something positive. I think that's where the real Mm -hmm. power comes in is in in collaboration and working together with others. There's no other way to do it really. Yeah. Yeah. And so that has – taken us a long ways and we have lots and lots of collaborations throughout the years. Can you teach us some Swahili? 
Sure. Can you say it takes a village in oh. Swahili? Oh, uh, gosh. <clears throat> you know, you could say inetumia kijiji kulea mtoto. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How long did it take you to, to um, learn? So when I first got there, I didn't know one word. Yeah. Um, and then after, for the first three months, the Peace Corps gives you a really great intensive uh, sort of immersion into the language. I was living with a family, and they didn't speak English. So I was really forced very quickly to learn some Swahili yeah. cool. and great instruction as well. So I would say after about three months, I was able to get by. Yeah. I could go to the market and buy vegetables, and I could do you know various things, get public transportation. And then I would say after about six months, I was really starting to feel comfortable, and I kept working really hard on it. I would say after nine months, I was able to listen to the radio and get my news in Swahili. Wow. Wow, that's quick. That's that so is. fast. Well, Swahili is a wonderful language. It's a really easy ling- language to learn. You know okay. how every rule in the English language has rules that are broken? Yeah. yeah. Um, Our English language is absolutely silly. Yeah, it is. But It's so silly. But almost like rules in Swahili are never broken. Okay. All of the words are phonetically spe- uh, pronounced. Mm-hmm. So it's just really a easy language to learn. Now, mm-hmm. you still have to work hard. I mean, it's, <clears throat> there's still a big vocabulary yeah. to learn and yeah. uh, all that, but it's a, it's a great language. I really love it. The Swa- Swahili, are there dialects of Swahili or is it just like you mentioned? It's just kind of. Yeah, so straightforward. For the most part, Swahili is the same. You know, in Tanzania, mm-hmm. there's one Swahili. Kenya also speak. The Kenyans speak Swahili, and it's a little simpler form of Swahili. So okay. there is some dialect there. They mix in a lot more English because they they know a lot more English. Mm-hmm. And then in Uganda and uh, the Congo and Rwanda, they also speak some Swahili, but it's kind of a little more broken. It's not gotcha. Good. Tanzania itself has about 100, and I think about 130, 140 languages. Wow. So you Whoa. can imagine across. Across the continent of Africa, there are probably hundreds and thousands of tribes, and uh, they drew these lines to create Tanzania, create Kenya, and create Rwanda. But inside of there are individual tribes. Okay. And for a long time, they saw themselves as independent, but they had to be united as a country called Tanzania. So (laughs) in Tanzania, there are like 130 individual languages, and many of them are not entirely different from Swahili, but they are – they're distinct from okay. it as well. They're gotcha. a part of the language. Or they're part of what's called the Bantu language. Very cool. Yeah, wow, we could spend a whole yeah, we podcast on the language. I know, yeah, and I love I Swahili, so I could overdo it for sure. So I actually do want to take a step back, though, mm-hmm. and because um, our show really is centered around serving, yeah. right? And so, for you, um, did serving start? fairly early on in life or was it um, like, I guess maybe a better question is what drove you to, what was the motivation behind um, joining the Peace Corps? So if I go way back to the beginning of time, I was in first grade when um, our teachers gave us these little milk, well, we had milk cartons, milk milk breaks, get a little milk, and the <laughs> yeah. carton itself yeah. had this like, here's how you fold it and you put a slice here, you, you tape it here. And then you can drop your coins in there and it will go to Mother Teresa Mm. because she's trying to help people. So I remember wanting to fill my milk carton with money. Mm. So I worked really hard. I don't remember how much I got in there. But from that moment is when I I think that's when my desire to help others and to serve really, really came about in first grade. And it's kind of carried through. From then, and you know, various people in my life have inspired me as well along the way. Did you see it represented in your family? I mean, or was it just all of a sudden you kind of had yeah, that ping I mean, in first grade? Yeah, I mean, it's so I cute. We we have a first grader at home, and I'm like, hmm, okay. I wonder if I could ever see him doing something like that. But yeah, I think you know, it, it, I was inspired by a lot of different people. I had a very large family, um, both on my mother's side and my father's side. I have a a lot of aunts and uncles and a lot of cousins, and some of them are really inspiring, inspiring in a positive way, you know, in, trying, in showing how one should try to live. But also my teachers. I had a lot of really amazing teachers all the way from, you know, first grade all the way through high school and even college. I've had just gr- some great teachers who have really helped mold my thinking on what I should be doing with my life. Shout Wonderful. out to the educators out there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They did such a great job. I mean, I just really appreciate so much, you know, all of the teachers that I had. Okay. And uh, yeah. And as a, a, a former, like that, my, my background is education. And mm-hmm. so to hear the positive impact, um, you also hear the other side of that coin, but um, you always want to hear about the positive side of yeah. uh, educating. So, so, you, so you have two minutes to get us from yeah. 
the Peace Corps <laughs> to, I know. to today. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, so let's go back to that, that bigger picture of you know sort of what I've been doing. So I started this organization called Project Zawadi, and we've been doing that for about 22 years now. After running that um, organization for about four years, some of my Tanzanian friends, they came to me and they said, you know, Brian, we love putting kids in school, and I was having them volunteer to okay. do all this work with yeah. education. They said, but we want jobs, so why don't you start a business so we can have jobs? And I said, okay, well, we have to do this the right way. So then we decided to start this company, which is now called Access to Tanzania, and we provide wildlife safaris. And uh, what we do is we try to give back as much as we possibly can to the organization that we're supporting as well. Plus, we want to provide really good jobs. We want to be good employers and treat our staff well and that sort of thing. And so um, then we started to do that. So now we run two different things. We run a nonprofit organization that does does the education in Tanzania. And then also, uh, simultaneously, I have a for-profit business which provides safaris. And one of the big bonuses that we hadn't really thought about when we started the business was that many of our customers would turn out to be big supporters of sure. the nonprofit. Yeah, well, sure. Yeah, it's <clears throat> obvious now, but I didn't see that yeah. coming. And so um, <laughs> all of a sudden now we have a pretty large number of people who support the organization because they were our customers as well. Well, and look at that. That was our connection to... That was our connection. To here. Yes. So look at that. We did it. Beautiful. We got, nice we got all the way here. <laughs> but I am excited to dive more into that yeah. and then Project Zawadi as well. So thank Thanks for that little segue in. It was impressive. It was. It was. As a reminder, you are listening to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. We'll be back. Rotary is a place for all community-minded people who want to serve their areas with the support of an international organization. Join Rotary to find service. Join Rotary to find inclusion. Join Rotary to find leadership. Join Rotary to find fun. Join Rotary to find friendship. Join Rotary to find a better version of the world. Find a Rotary Club near you at rotary.org and click on Club Finder. There is a club out there for everyone. Find your fit with Rotary. Rotary Rotary.org. For decades, eradicating polio worldwide has been Rotary's cornerstone cause. We are incredibly close to ridding the globe of this virus, but we need everyone's help to get us to the goal. World Polio Day is October 24th. Please consider making a new donation to Polio Plus or increasing your already generous giving. Go to endpolio.org to be a part of this historical eradication of polio. You will help get vaccinations to the most remote parts of our world and help fulfill a promise we made to end polio now. Two drops and it stops. Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I am Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. As a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms. And your support is everything. It helps grow our show and channel. And you can find us by looking up Searching for Service on any of those platforms. We love five-star reviews. You can like, share. We're also on YouTube. and We appreciate your support. Nailing it. We're just nailing it. I love it. <laughs> so we have an in-guest, um, in-studio guest, Brian Singer. He's the executive director of Project Zawadi. Happy to have somebody in person as well. It's amazing. And access to Tanzania. <clears throat> Great to be here. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you. We talked briefly you know, about the start of, of the Project Zawadi. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about what, what you guys do as a, an organization and, and how it's grown over the years. Yeah, so when we started, we were doing basically what we call sponsorships, where we selected some particular students that needed help getting into and through school, and we were supporting them, and we continued to do that, and we still do that today. Right now, we sponsor about 300 students as we speak. They are in school, and we're supporting them in their endeavor to go through school. But as we got going, we realized we should probably build up the infrastructure of the education system as well. So we started to do some work constructing things that are needed, like classrooms or teacher housing. So we started to do that uh, quite a bit more. And then more recently, we said, you know what, we actually have three programs here. We have the sponsorship program where we're putting kids into school, and we're changing the name of sponsorship. It'll change to student support. Um, But um, And then we have – now we have a model schools program. We have selected four government-run primary schools, and we're providing them with all sorts of support from teacher housing to desks and uh, classrooms. We're also doing water and food projects, farming, uh, school leadership projects as well. And then the third program is Tend to Teachers 
professional development program. So we realize uh, teachers in Tanzania, oftentimes their classrooms are filled with 120, 130 yeah. students. How do they handle that? So we're going in and we're providing them pretty innovative uh, training and support on how to handle a large number of students and what they, what can they do to make the learning more student-centered. Student Did learning. you teach them all yeah. magic? Like It would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be great. But we teach them how to get all Here's the kids magic engaged wand. at one time. Yeah, it's really hard. But one great example of it is like uh, what is called uh, think, pair, share. So a teacher could ask a question like, well, who do you think were the top three leaders in African history and why? Think about it for a minute. Give the kids a minute to think about it and then say, okay, now turn to your partner. Each of you pair up and talk about what do you think and talk to each And then the teacher will let them talk for a minute or two and then she'll clap her hands or snap her fingers and then the students will come back to attention and she'll pick a few groups and say, okay, share. What did you guys think? What did you think? And what happens is even if you have 130 kids in the room, they are all thinking and all mm-hmm. engaged. And so those kinds yeah. of strategies that get everyone involved and get them participating are the things that um, I wish I knew when I was a Peace Corps yeah. volunteer because I didn't know those strategies myself. So sure. I know I could have been a better teacher as well. Did you have classroom sizes that size too? No. Wow. Oh my yeah. gosh. Incredible. I can't Thankfully even imagine. Now, but I did have like 60. That's oh, that's still a, a ton. Like yeah. once you well, get past are, 40, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a even, lot. So if you think about yeah. even the – the education system here and it's you know anywhere between 30 to 40 sometimes that really is like that's a lot it's a lot it is and we're looking at that going we got to fix this Mm -hmm. but then you look at other countries yeah and go okay well and help too (laughs) it's it's even worse well and help too a lot of times when we have that 150 200 people it's in an auditorium it's a different setting Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is a desk setting, correct? Right. Yeah. If they're lucky, some of the kids don't have desks. They'll they be just sitting on the floor. Sitting on oh the my ground. goodness. Mm-hmm. Huh. Or they bring a rock or <clears throat> some kind of a stool or something. Sure. And they'll just sit on the a floor. A rock. Oh yeah. My God. Yeah. Sometimes I see them bring rocks into the classroom so they can sit on it. Wow. Yeah. So you developed the three the three main uh, pillars of the program, and you yep. started with the students first, and just kept yep. branching out. Yeah. Um, how long did that process take to go from, you know, adding and, and obviously involving them as you go? But. Yeah. So, you know, it just sort of all happens organically. I believe everything happens for a reason. And so I just kind of let things go and see what works and keep doing the things that work and don't do the things that don't work. I always mm-hmm. believe in making small mistakes because if you make small mistakes, you learn from them. If you mm-hmm. never make a 100%. mistake, how do you learn? Yeah. 100%. Everybody says that you learn by falling down. Well, we, you know, just don't fall off a cliff. Just fall, like, <laughs> stumble a little bit right here, yep. you know? <laughs> just so, yep. so I believe in making small mistakes. And so we, we figured out what works. And so we just kept doing that. So, okay, actually, they need this, or this will work a little bit better. And so every year we're improving and expanding. And so we started with sponsorship. I would say after just three or four years, we started to build a classroom here, a classroom there. And then we started to realize, you know, we should do more of that. That's pretty powerful stuff. So let's do more. And oh, actually, you know what? They also need toilets. Yeah. Let's build some sure. toilets too. I mean, how do you go to school and there's no toilet? Yeah. That's pretty um, unsa- unsanitary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, um, now, now girls can come yeah. disproportionately more too when you have sanitation yes. and water. Yep. And, yep. So yeah. that's all linked to a bunch of other people that we've had yeah. on the show too. So, so many things. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. And, and it iterates, right? Like every iteration yes. of it, you learn something, yep. it changes, something changes in the landscape, COVID, um, or something like that. And it forces you to adapt yeah. and throw mm-hmm. away what doesn't work and then yeah. seek new ways of <clears throat> delivering successful yeah. education to them. And I think this um, goes back to our general approach. Our approach to doing this kind of work is to really collaborate, listen very carefully to the communities that we're in, um, ask really good questions, and listen really carefully. Yeah. Okay. Because we, if we go in assuming that we know what is right and what they need, then it's sure to fail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we go in very, very uh, humbly with humbleness. Like we, we're not the ones who know everything. We're just here to deliver the goodwill. I always view it like donors give us money, and I say to people, I say to my staff all the time, I say, this is not our money. Yeah. These donors gave it to the students, and mm-hmm. so our job is to deliver it in the most effective way. So you always have to think about these dollars. Like this dollar right here, how do we deliver it? In a way that makes the most sense for this student. Now, sure. a seven-year-old might not be able to come up with a strategy for delivering that dollar. Yeah. But we have to do that on her behalf mm-hmm. or his behalf and say this is how we're going to deliver this. And so I think we're getting really, really good at it. You know, 22 years into it now, I know we are. I know yeah, that we're God. really, really good at it and we're looking forward to you know growing. And- I may or may not borrow that for my business. <laughs> like that is yeah. a really, really great way when you're – 
your advocacy, right? Like mm-hmm. you're an advocate for something mm-hmm. as, you know, it's, we're being, we're being put in a position to make sure that we're supporting these people. Yep. Like the, yeah. the outcome, you're being outcome driven versus yep. whatever you, your preconceived notion of whatever yeah. they, whatever you think they need yep. versus, well, what do they actually need? And then how do I just deliver that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, that was that was a really great like piece of advice. I was like, yeah. that's really great. How often are you going over there? I'm going in less than a week. I leave oh, on two. I leave on Wednesday, and I'll be over for two weeks. I go like two to four times a year, unless ah. there's a global okay. pandemic. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that throws a wrench in it. It sure did. Well, it's got to help that you're there a lot too. Especially you know you're uniquely positioned from having taught, and yeah, being able to speak the language to you know. Yeah. I'm sure, it really helps being there. Do you do you still have a lot of the relationships that when you first started? I do, I do. You know, I, ha- I met so many wonderful people, and um, and I have a lot of new relationships mm-hmm. of well, of as well, of course. Um, and I do bring people to Tanzania. So, like next week, I'm going with some people. I have uh, actually there's a couple of people from here in the Twin Cities that are co- coming with me next week, and we're mm-hmm. going over there to do part of to be a part of what's called English Bridge. It's one of our programs. We have so many actually. Um, where we're helping the kids transition in primary school in Tanzania, everybody's uh, they're learning in English, and then in secondary they're learning in I'm sorry backwards. In primary school they're learning they're learning in Swahili, and in secondary they're learning in English. And so okay. we're trying to help them bridge now. So those students that are transitioning, we're going over to practice English with them yeah. and just you know have gotcha. conversations. So two of them are coming with me, <clears throat> and I and I always tell the people that are going over there. I say you know we're going over. Not because we feel sorry for anybody, but because we think we can learn something yeah. and we can enjoy being with them, and that hopefully they can get something out of it as well. Yeah, I gotta like, like that's really interesting that their their primary school is done in in Swahili, yeah. and then secondary. Do you see it a lot where there's there's a fall off or there's yes. a there's a lost in translation between the two? Because I mean that's got to be really frustrating it's one for of the, the students. One of the biggest problems in the country, <laughs> I think. Isn't it easier to yeah. learn language younger. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's a very big problem there. Um, you know, you, you could talk about the history of Tanzania and why they did that, but it, it's their country, it's their yeah, government, yeah. and they decided to do that, and they had good reasons for doing that, really good. And what it was is uni- unity. I mentioned all the different languages, 140 languages. When when um, when they first tried to unite this country, they didn't all speak Swahili. Yeah. They all oh. had their tribal languages. So to mm-hmm. unite this country into one – to unite this piece of land into one country meant figuring out how to get those tribes yeah, to like each other. Makes a lot of so unifying them with Swahili was – their first president's way of doing that. In other countries, they chose – like Kenya chose English. Yeah. But English is – it was harder for them to feel comfortable around English and have dinner with somebody else in English. They felt more comfortable just having dinner with people in their own tribe. Mm. Yeah. And that's how tribalism could stay a part of the daily culture is that people are just separated because of language. Okay. That's cool. That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. It made me think of about 20 different other subjects. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we, uh, we, we've talked about water a little bit. So, have you worked with Rotary on some water projects? Yeah, we've worked with Rotary a few times, actually. In fact, I had a Rotarian on my staff for quite a while, and then she retired. Uh, Vicky Dilly in Northfield, probably people will recognize her. She's very popular and does a lot of great work, work especially with the International Youth Exchange. Yeah. Okay. Um, but oh, more, <clears throat> most recently, we partnered with eleven Rotary clubs from all over. I think we had one in Germany, a couple over in Europe, and I think one in Canada, several in the United States, and then there was a a rotary club in Tanzania called the Igoma Rotary Club. So we had about 12 total rotary clubs got together, put in some money, and then got some global grant. I think it's called a global, global grant. grant. Yep. Yep. And yeah. uh, we raised, I think we ended up getting about $100,000. And we're able to partner with Project Zawadi's already had some – put some money into those projects. We had already drilled the boreholes at two of the schools. And so then the Rotarians came in and built up the system to pump the water out of the ground, put it into these large holding tanks, and then spread it out into the community. It's a solar-powered program, so it's very, very low cost to keep it running. And the communities there are benefiting immensely from it. But the partnership with the Rotary Clubs was really fun. Really, really positive. You know, it goes back to the whole thing. It takes a village. Like yeah. nobody can do any of this on their own. It takes everyone all together. And even like just changing – like if you, you asked me earlier like how – why did I start to feel like I wanted to serve? It wasn't just one person that did that to me. It was like a whole bunch of people in my life from my aunts and uncles to my teachers and everybody else yeah. who just kind of like – all those influences affected me in some way that results in what we've got. What we've got. 
But it was Mother Tree- Teresa that got you. It was yeah. Mother Teresa it was, was Mother the first. Teresa. She was. She gets the started. credit. We've got to get out on this segment, but we'll we'll continue this on the next one. Go ahead, Sounds Kelly. Take good. us out. You're listening to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. We'll be back. Up your game and show off your Rotary Club spirit. Did you know there's a one-stop shop for all things Rotary apparel? Russell Hampton Company is the world's largest provider of licensed Rotary-branded merchandise. From apparel like hats, jackets, and shirts to banners, tents, and awards, they have it all. And most things are customizable. And they can handle orders of all sizes. Russell Hampton Company also has deep connections to Rotary. In 1920, the company founder was part of Rotary Club Number 1 in downtown Chicago. Russell Hampton Company models their business on the Rotary 4-Way Test and gives back 10% of all purchases to Rotary, supporting its global work. So the next time you and your club are out on a service project, arrive with the right swag from Russell Hampton Company to promote your club and Rotary. Even non-Rotarians will want some of your cool hats, shirts, and jackets. Learn more at bestclubsupplies.com. That's bestclubsupplies.com. Of the things we think, say, or do. Is it the truth? Is it fair to walk on sun? Will it be a good will and better friendship? Is it the truth? Is it fair to walk on sun? Will it be beneficial to walk on sun? Join Rotary to serve your community and the world with honesty, fairness, and goodwill. Our four-way test guides our actions every day. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? These values underpin our commitment to making a positive impact on the world. Learn more about your local Rotary Club and stop searching and start serving. And the song you're hearing now was performed by Rotary Club of Dar es Salaam Oyster Bay. Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. As a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms and... Your support is everything to us, and you can find us by looking us up by Searching for Service. Yep. <laughs> we love, love you to share, like, support, follow, and we're also on YouTube. You can look us up the same way, Searching for Service. I broke the streak. <laughs> As the owner of the studio, Chad, are you sometimes like, what, what the heck are these guys doing? Two doing? What are these two jokesters doing? <laughs> I'm no pro. <laughs> well, we're, You're we're keeping your amateur status to compete in the Olympics. <laughs> so we have um, Brian Singer on with us today, and he's in person with us, even better. He's the executive director of Project Zawadi. So... We got to know him in the first segment and um, got to know the project a little bit more in the second segment. Now we're going to we're gonna dive a little bit deeper into Project Zawadi and that core connection with um, Rotary itself Rotary. Yep. and how they have helped with the water sanitation. So um, I don't know. How do we want to segment into this, guys? Well, you know, we... <laughs> How important is, as you've worked over there, the importance of water for access and keeping people able to go to school? We've heard other stories in different parts of the world that it's a big barrier, especially on the female side. Yeah, I think there's no way we here in the United States can imagine what it's like to not have Mm -hmm. water, to not be able to just go to the faucet and open it up and water comes gushing out. I mean, it's just really hard for us to imagine it. I, I have in my mind an image like when we went out there and we um, we sent the, we we hired this company to come out and drill the boreholes and they were drilling and drilling and drilling and it's very loud and noisy and you know it must have taken hours and finally they strike water and water comes gushing out and you can just see the kids just being completely in awe of this water just appearing right there um, when we went um, the day let's see it was in uh, February. I was in Tanzania, and all the Rotarians, the local Rotarians were there, and uh, the local uh, leadership was there, like an appointee of the president was there. The media were there, and uh, we went into a village to celebrate the opening of the new water project. 
let's imagine this village now has water. And this one woman, she gave a testimony, and I got a video of it on my phone. And she was just saying how this has changed their life. She said, you know, when in the dry season, they would have to wake up at 2 a.m. in the morning and walk for hours just mm-hmm. to get to a place where they're <clears throat> hoping there will be some water. And they know that this water is dirty. And she even says this water has been trampled in by cows. Yeah. And they had to use that water to drink and cook with. And she said, you know, I bring this water back home and walk how long with a bucket on her head, exhausted, getting home. It's too late now to cook breakfast for the kids, mm-hmm. and the water is dirty. So she said it would make her pans dirty. Like if she tried to boil water, it would the water yeah, would make, change the, the color would, of the pan. Yeah. And now she said water is available, it's abundant, and it's clean. And she said right away, within three days, she says their health improved. Sure. It's <clears throat> incredible. Yeah. So, wow. you know, it saves Three them days. time. It, sa- it improves their health. These kids, you know, kids who are sick can't go to school. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm sure you've heard about the girls too who are going through menstruation. I probably said that the word wrong. I don't know how to pronounce it. But, you know, not having sanitary, you know, sanitation is just, it's it's hard. It's really hard for, for kids to go to school. And imagine just saying, well, uh, I want a drink of water in between classes. Yeah. It's a hot yeah. day. Like you can't even get that. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's hard. It's really hard for us to imagine what the change is uh, just mm. having water. Well, and it's even harder to imagine how much it helps. Like we don't understand how much it helps. We're like, what do you mean? How, of course, of course, you can go to school. Why couldn't you go to school? What? Right. Yeah. Oh, of course. Like, why would water change that? Like, you know, like we just don't connect the concept. And yeah. one of my favorite things is we've had so many people on that talked about water and, and talked, but it it really is the magic elixir for a lot of communities to for health, for wellness, for community, for <clears throat> women's health. Like it just seems to be that one consistency. And you know, we talk about this all the time and it's like it's just so stupid that it's still a a problem. Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's just and silly it's that it's a problem. It should be a human right. <clears throat> it should be a human right yeah. and we should and we have the technology. We have it's not like this stuff doesn't exist. Like we don't know how to get the water. It's Yeah. It's we have all of it at our fingertips, and it's just like it just becomes the more that we talk about it, it just becomes more and more silly that it it's even a problem at all. Yeah, the resources that's the that's and there the and there's there's so many other problems that we can focus on. I mean, this one seems like we could fix it, you know, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, as fun. as as a uh, village, yes, as a world village. Exactly. By the way, together, not, not one person. Not, not one person. It. Yep. <laughs> Alaska said that's that's the main focus she would like Rotary to go. <laughs> yeah, is yeah. on water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, why not? I There's mean, so many things that measurable you could too, do, and water is something that everybody needs. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's measurable. So, like the biggest yeah. thing I think that a lot of people get worried about, like, is polio is so measurable, right? Like right. that's why that's why Rotary really went into it. Is it was something that they could take hold of, and they've done such an amazing job of eradicating almost all of it, right? Mm-hmm. That's something else that's completely measurable and it seems it seems to me to be a great project that we could – obviously you're doing a lot of work and your your organization is doing a lot of work in a lot of things. You're you're mm-hmm. in a you're you're definitely have your hands in a lot of different stuff. Yeah. You know, just to kind of change course a little bit, can you talk a little bit about your for profit business? Because this is how we got connected and you know, Dale Dale was on Safari with you. Yeah. And and then you mentioned as well how the connection of those people then helping the um, project Zawadi. Um, yeah, so sure, maybe absolutely. talk about that connection. Yeah, so yeah, so we do only well, almost only customized trips. So anybody who wants to go, they call, we talk to them, and find out what their interests are, what time of year they might want to go, um, what kind of places they like to stay. Because these can be high end, right? Some can be like five star luxury, or some can be camping, sleeping on the ground, which very pe- very few of our customers do. Most of ours are like. <laughs> Stay on a bed, have yeah. a toilet and a shower inside the tent or inside the room for sure, you know, exactly that little bit of the creature comforts. So we definitely offer all of that and so people can do whatever they want. But we also try to add in time for people to go and visit a village or visit a school, especially the schools that we're supporting, which by the way, the schools that we're supporting are pretty far away from the main circuit. So yeah. if you go okay. on safari in Tanzania, you have to really want to get out to this village, which is where I was stationed when I lived out there. It's actually located, if you know, in, um, the, if you look at a map, 
of Tanzania. It's between the Serengeti and Lake Victoria, which are two pretty popular places. But people don't really visit Lake Victoria. People always visit the Serengeti. So we're close to the Serengeti, but on the other side. So okay. we're on the side that people don't visit. The, okay. other, you know, the other side is Arusha, and that's where people do visit, but we're on the other side as far as the, the nonprofit goes. So we try to get people to go out and visit the village, but I would say you know, less than 10% of our customers get out to visit the village. And that's okay because not everybody has to, and, and many of yeah. them end up donating and supporting us in other ways. Sure. So it, it's totally fine whatever people want to do. Um, but yeah, so that's how we, we've been growing that. We probably have I think like three to 400 customers a year. That go over. It's all customized. Holy moly. Yeah, so it's a pretty significant business. We have a lot of people going over. I have twenty employees in the safari company and about twenty employees in the nonprofit. So I have about a total of forty people over there, okay. um, working on the mission, working on the goals that we have, and it's really exciting to see how it all comes together. Where specifically? Oh, sorry, Chad, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, where specifically have you seen like kind of the cross connection between the two organizations for you? So uh, for sure, when people visit. So if we can get uh, people who visit – well, there's several different ways. So people who visit the country or visit the country and then go out and visit the projects, they're oftentimes people who have given as well. Sure. So they can come out and like do the English Bridge program where they'll have an opportunity to even give some of their time as well to helping the students learn English. Um, so that one way is when people visit. Our guides also in the safari company, they're really big supporters of the nonprofit. They know what we're doing. They've been out there and they see it. You know, There's a lot of cynicism in the development world. Because there are a lot of organizations that aren't doing the best job with the dollars that they get. Yeah. There's a lot of waste or things that happen that you know really did come from somebody else's mind. It didn't come from the mind of the people there. But when our guides see it or when Tanzanians see what we're doing in person, they know that this is real. Like this is actually really changing things on the ground. So it's great. Our guides are out there. They're proposing. You know, they're they're supporting. Um, they're supporting the, the organization as well. That's that's a cool connection. Um, I was going to ask, how many of your employees did you go through the schools or had been you know directly impacted by the project? Yeah, so uh, three of them right now, three went through our program or at least touched upon the program. Yeah. Yeah, and I just brought it. We just hired a new intern. He was in the program, so we brought him to the city, and it's going to be a total life changer for him as well. So, quite a few people have gone through it. And then in the nonprofit as well, several of our staff, they were in the program as well, and now they're. Their staff members running the program. It's got to be cool to see, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, for how long you've been doing it to see it come full circle. Yeah, it's pretty amazing to see these folks. You know, we've been doing it for 22 years, so many of the people now working there were children when I first went over there. We have their <laughs> pictures too, you know, when they so were little. Oh yes. <laughs> so it's really fun to see that. It's got to be so nice to see that longer term impact of the of the project. First of all, that project has lasted for 22 years, right? I mean, yeah. The, yeah. The, the longevity component of it. And then to see the wins along the way in that, you know, the fruits of your your labor. To be really honest, and this is just the truth, I feel overwhelming joy sometimes. Mm. I really do, especially when I'm there and I see something, it just brings a tear to my eye and I just feel overwhelming joy. Oh, that's cool. Because just to see these things happening is just amazing to me. And I honestly feel like this is all happening because other people wanted it to happen. Like yeah. I'm not yeah. the one who drove all of this. I had somebody come and say, look, I want to give you $2,000, but I want it to be not uh, tax deductible. Yeah. They forced me to go yeah. get this thing registered. <laughs> yeah. like, this yeah. just kind of like kept happening. So this was sort of like happening around me and I just kind of was the guy in the middle who spoke both languages and knew yeah. a bunch of people and could make it happen. So now anytime something needs to happen, I've got all the connections. I know how to – you know get different things done and I'm just in the middle. I don't sure. feel like I'm leading it. I mean, I am leading it probably, but I I just feel like it's been happening and I just, you know, sometimes, you know, here's what, the other thing I would say to people is sometimes you do have to take a risk. Yeah. You know, it's not always just like, well, only do things that are perfectly laid out. Like this is exactly how you help A, B, and C. No, sometimes you have to take a risk and say, you know, I'm not quite sure where this is going. Yeah. Let's give it a shot. I think this is in the right direction. Because that's all we can do. We're all taking one step at a time. We mm-hmm. put one foot in front of the other, and we can't always know what's going to happen 10 blocks down the road. Yeah. Yeah. So, But you know you want to go in that direction, so start going. And sometimes you'll fall into a little pit hole, <laughs> you know, yeah. pothole, you know, whatever. <laughs> but you just it does take some risk in just saying, how is this going to work? Like when we first started sponsoring two kids, 
the question became like, well, what kind of responsibility does this put on us in the future? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The question was unanswered. Yeah. That was a major concern. And a lot of people were thinking like, maybe we shouldn't do that. Like, what happens then? Are you going to be responsible for this person forever now? For how long will you do this? So, but it was like, you know what? It's the right thing to do today. So let's do it and let's make it. I have to say, you model so many of the values that Rotary really holds true. And Mm -hmm. so, even though you're not a Rotarian, I know them. Yes, Yes. you really do. I've heard them. You really do model those values. And I can see why those partnerships are so natural. Yeah. So, yeah. The great, great segment. What? (laughs) <laughs> well let's go ahead and and uh segue back into our other segment and we can talk about the future sure, sure um as well so as a reminder you're listening to searching for service i'm kelly kirk i'm joe kirk and i'm chad larson we'll be back Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concern? Will it build good? Will it better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? When we pay it forward, it will be returned. Join Rotary to serve your community and the world with honesty, fairness, and goodwill. Our four-way test guides our actions every day. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? These values underpin our commitment to making a positive impact on the world. Learn more about your local Rotary Club and stop searching and start serving. And the song you're hearing right now was performed by the Rotary Club of Saskatoon, Natuna in Canada. When we pay it forward, it will be returned. Show off your Rotary Club spirit with Russell Hampton Company. They're the world's largest provider of licensed Rotary items. They make everything like hats, jackets, shirts, banners, and more. Russell Hampton Company is a fourth-generation family-owned and operated business founded in 1920 by a member of the first-ever Rotary Club in Chicago, Club Number 1. When you call Russell Hampton Company, you get more than just a company. You get a fellow Rotarian-owned business who's there to help. No matter if you're ordering for your entire club or just yourself, no order is too big or too small. Not sure what your club needs? Their team members can help and customize just about anything. They live by the Rotary 4-Way Test. They also give 10% of all purchases back to Rotary to support Rotary's global work. So remember, Russell Hampton Company is your one-stop shop for all things Rotary. Learn more at bestclubsupplies.com. That's bestclubsupplies.com. Russell Hampton Company, Rotarians serving Rotarians. Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I am Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. As a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms and... And we love your support and you can find us by looking up Searching for Service on all your platforms. Like, share, follow, and you can also find us on YouTube. Beautiful. Love it. We are in our fourth and final segment here with Searching for Service. Um, We've got Brian Singer. He's Executive Director of Project Zawadi. We've really dove into who Brian is, um, his uh, mission and uh, Project Zawadi. It's been fun. Now, it it is. It's It's been super fun. But this last segment, we really love to just take some time to envision for the future what uh, your organization or nonprofit um, could look like. And so are there things that you've thought about for Project Zawadi or um, perhaps even access to Tanzania, mm-hmm. uh, what those what those could look like for the future? Yeah. Well, it's actually pretty simple. We just need to grow because I, I, f- I mean we'll continue to learn all the time and improve and you know tweak this program or that. But the thing is we really have – learned how to have a big impact with a relatively small amount of money. I think that we're very, very efficient with the funds. I think it's time to grow and grow faster. You know, We've been doing yeah. it for 21 years, and it sounds like a big leap to go from 4000 a year to 700000 a year. But really, over 22 years, that's not massive growth. It's good, solid growth. It's reasonable, yeah. but it's not massive growth. And I think it's time 
it's time for us to find that way. And I'm not sure what the path will be to that. I think we're ready for it. Like we're ready to expand the programs that I talked about. Every one of them that I mentioned, we could easily replicate it and do more of those things. We could do more water. We could do more desks and classrooms. We could do more teacher training as well. Mm -hmm. We could do more sponsorships and supporting of individual students. So mm -hmm. we're just ready to expand that. Um, I, you know, we're now pursuing more grants. We're doing some more proposal writing and things like that. Um, and we're also trying to find more ways to expand uh, the support or the, the, the village of support that we have yeah. around us. And so we'll just continue to do that and continue to grow. I think that the, the big thing that will happen for us nationwide in Tanzania will probably be centered around the Tenda Teacher Professional Development Program. Okay. That's the one that is the most easy, easily replicable, and the government of Tanzania is ready to sign a document with us and to approve our our platform and what we're doing, and they're ready to see us expand that even further. <clears throat> right now we're in uh, like 40-some 40, 40 schools, and we, we're, we're working with like 400 teachers. And we want to, you know, triple that, maybe wow. you know, triple that, and even quadruple it, and get even larger and larger. Yeah, we're in 46 schools with 439 teachers, over 30,000 students impacted. <laughs> so many students for teachers. Yeah, I know it's a lot. Yeah, so many, but so many. Um, but we we should be doing this across the country. I do think that this could really change because part of what this the Tend to Teachers program does is it teaches teachers how to get their students to think. Mm -hmm. And if everybody starts thinking for themselves and you know starting their own businesses or pursuing what they want to pursue in life, it can change a lot. Because I do yeah. think I think that you know development work itself, when you think of development work, is like, well, how do how do you how do you assist a society or a group of people in improving their own lives? Make them curious. Make them curious. Make them you know find help them think for themselves mm -hmm. and come to their own conclusions and pursue their thing, pursue their dream, come up with their own dream, and you know make a plan mm -hmm. to achieve it. Yeah. Um, because sometimes what happens in all parts of the world, whether it's Africa or you know anywhere in the United States as well, there are people who are down on themselves. They're, they don't have belief in their own abilities. It's a psychological barrier to yeah. development. That says to you, you know what? I'm not going to make this work, and so let me just go lay down. Yeah. Let me go take a nap. Let me watch TV. And it's the people who have said, you know what? I think I can make a change. That they get up and they they go do something. And so, how do you make those changes happen in a society? It's not. There's no super clear answer for that. But I think it starts in schools. I think when you have mm -hmm. young kids in school and their teachers are telling them, "Hey, think for yourself. What yeah. do you think you should do?" I think that can make a difference. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a long-term difference. It's not going to happen today. But if you think 10, 15 years down the road, it's going to make a difference. Absolutely. We haven't asked this, but it connects with the future goals of growth, growing. How can people support? How can they get involved um, yeah. with the project or you know, just let our listeners know? Yeah. Well, so um, the best way to first is just visit our website. Uh, it's www.projectzawadi.org. Zawadi is Z-A-W-A-D-I. Mm -hmm. I'll add that to the in the description of the yeah. show as well. And we have actually a lot of information there. I've heard we have too much information. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't matter to me. If you want to read it, it's there. There's a lot yeah. of information there. Yep. Um, and links to videos and to our Facebook page and that sort of thing. And, of course, there's a link to donate. Um, and then uh, people who want to, like, Volunteer probably we sometimes we keep a list of volunteer um, opportunities there, but also the English Bridge program that I mentioned I think is a really great way for people to get involved and to come over to Tanzania and see it for yourself and you really get motivated because when you see it in person person is when you really go oh my goodness this is real this is yeah. really happening and this is something I can support or if you don't want to serve you can always just go on a safari. Yeah, you could do that too. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, and that does help. And, yeah. and then if you do that, then you know, and then you might just start donating as well. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. you see what's going on. That's cool. Well, what what else would you share with the listeners that they can take away? You know, something in their daily lives that would you know the donating we talked about, but mm -hmm. that kind of connects them to this this, this idea and the project. Well, um, we also you know we could do some sort of like. Uh, a pen pal relationship sometimes. We're actually playing around with that now, doing a little bit more of that, of having mm -hmm. people just have like this personal connection. I would say even just going um, online and finding people too. You can connect to people through you know different social media outlets and learn more about different groups of people and find a way to get involved in just positive encouragement. We I have a story about – there's uh, – we have – 
our program is changing the name. We're not going to call it sponsorship anymore. Uh, we're going to call it student support. And um, but we do have uh, a pen pal relationship now that between um, this one girl, this one student, and her her, her former sponsor, we're changing the name. Um, they end up writing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And the student, she has really her attitude in life has changed wow. because this person, you know, the, the sponsor was writing to her and encouraging yeah. her, and just a lot of a real good interaction. That doesn't always happen. Yeah. You know, right. Sometimes yeah. it's just yeah. kind of rote, just kind of like this, these letters that go back and forth are not as meaningful. But for that particular couple, they ended up really they've developed a real close bond. Yeah, through through letters, and so you never know. That's I mean, that wonderful. that is a really neat way. Some people could do that. You can find mm-hmm. a way to support people um, from your home. That's you know? really wonderful. How Very, about it, you? It, How about you? What's your future and all of this look like? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think someday uh, I need to hand this over to somebody else. I was going to say you got to sail off into yeah, the sunset. Yeah, at some I, point. I can't. I mean, I'll, I'll probably want to be part of it until I can't be part of it anymore. You know, mm-hmm. um, but uh, at some point, I would love to see Tanzanians take over. Yeah. I think we're a ways away from that, probably. But that's a cool um, goal. Yeah, yeah. But I think to have them, them take over, you know. But well, what an exciting first step that you're kind of on the precipice of, right? Like yes. of, yeah. of of the government adopting yes. your yes, you know, your template. Yep. I mean, that's the beginning. Kind of a fun beginning. It'll yeah. be. It would be really exciting as in a few years to have you back and yeah. to mm-hmm. hear how that implementation took place and where you're at and yeah. if if you have four x yes you know some of your right. things and all of that. <laughs> or more and, or yeah. more yeah. Yeah. and to hear cool. what kind of you know potholes and landmines you stepped on yeah. on the way sure. yeah hopefully there are small ones you yeah. know but, well most are yeah. right yeah, yeah most, most are complex. well if you don't small projects can only have small problems i think but yeah <laughs> That's for sure. Well-planned large projects can only have small problems. There too. you go. That too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's been it's been fun. So, and Rotary is going to continue to to support. What, is it is it both just with the water project, but also with some of the grants? Yeah. So, well, we don't know what's next yet for Rotary. Um, we have talked about it initially that we would do this first and do this really well, and we are, and we're pretty much wrapped up with it now. So, I've gone back to the Rotary clubs and said, you know, I'd like to give you a report. Let them know how it's gone and you know, meet with them all and, and then say, if you'd like to do more, we can go back to the drawing board and find out what other kinds of projects the Rotary Clubs could support. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm, I don't know the details of how you get <laughs> funding and things for projects of scale, but I mean a countrywide I was, I was thinking that. educational initiative sounds like a really mm-hmm. good, really, really good space to spend those project of scale dollars. Yeah. yeah. We so talked about out there, that. People, yeah. people mm-hmm. out there listening, if, if you're connected to that, that might be mm-hmm. a nice connection to Brian. Yeah. yeah. That was going to be our first proposal through Rotary was going to be for the 10 to teachers, professional development, but we realized it was just a little too difficult to do sure. that. That particular route, we thought, you know, water is very tangible. Yeah. It's very easy yep. to say, let's go drill some boreholes and put in mm-hmm. a water, implement, you know, water delivery system, and that'll be great. Oh and man, then we'll come back to teacher training after we've, you know, solidified that relationship better. Yeah. Rotary's huge in sustainability. You can you can nail them on. How about a sustainable educational system for exactly. a country? Exactly. Done. Drop the mic and walk right. away. Exactly. Brian, it has been a pleasure <laughs> yes, to have you nice. on to speak on behalf of Project Zawadi, get to know you a little bit more as well. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you very much. As a reminder, you're listening to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. It's time to stop searching. And start serving. <laughs>